Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. As tuition rates spiral beyond uh, beyond reach and student loans uh, debt now passes $1 trillion more than the credit card debt for the entire country, Ivory Tower asks, is college worth the cost? From the halls of Harvard to public colleges in financial crisis to Silicon Valley, filmmaker Andrew Rossi, um, whose earlier work, page one inside the New York Times, assembles an urgent portrait of a great American institution at the breaking point. We are joined today here on Film School by the filmmaker, director, Andrew Rossi. Andrew, welcome to Film School. Thank you so much, Michael. Thanks for having me here. You're welcome. And what was it that uh, prompted you to um, dig into this really very complex issue of uh, the cost of college? Absolutely. Well, um, as you mentioned, the last film I worked on was also about a a really important cultural institution at at a moment of great change and and crisis in many ways, Um, and that was the newspaper industry. Um, In this case, I was looking again for a story about um, change and disruption that is fueled by economic issues and technology, and I think that's really what's happening to higher education. Um, student loan debt has exceeded a trillion dollars, as you as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, people like Peter Thiel are actually offering students um, money to drop out of school, and massive open online courses uh, present one potential way forward to increase access and decrease cost. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really drawn to, to all those things in, in a sort of perfect storm. Mm-hmm. Um, is yeah, there it's it's in the news. There's a lot of people talking about it, this and and this uh, idea of I mean this kind of mind-boggling idea that student debt is now greater than all credit card debt in this in this country is was a shocker to me when I heard it, and that's really what prompted me to want to find out more about how this happened. Um, and I know there's a lot of very complex reasons why the cost of college is going up. Um, is there any way to sort of focus in, zero in on the on sort of the privatization of of private of of college debt? Is has that been a, a factor in in this? The fact that I think it was uh, this uh, idea of a sort of a, a Fannie Mae approach to uh, privatizing um, student debt is that been a factor? One of the factors. Well, certainly, yes. I, I, I believe that the the shift in viewing education and higher education, particularly, um, as a private good, something that allows individuals to make more money, um, versus a public good, which would be something that helps the economy as a whole mm-hmm. and contributes to our democracy. I think that's the key historical shift that we see as driving tuition rates up um, on the heels of state funding declining right. for public universities and a, a sort of dynamic on campus that is more of uh, one of a, of a big business providing a service to customers mm-hmm. rather than um, an academy in which pupils are on a rigorous path toward self-knowledge and also acquiring a skill set for a particular um, academic area. Uh, I think all those things combine to make higher education 
um, something that's become a really expensive product versus something that we think we should offer to all of our citizens um, for all of our common good. Yeah, I didn't mean to go down such a narrow road to start our interview because your film is draws in so many different kind of factors into the rising costs of college. Yeah. But it's the one that it's, jumps out at me because... All of the, sure. Yeah, all of a sudden, uh, it used to be a, a sort of a government function that the student students could take out loans, and it wasn't so um, rapacious in terms of the cost involved. Uh, so, um, and it seems to me, just for my what I hear from students here on the campus at University of California Irvine, it just seems to be something that it really jumps out at me as someone who I went to when I went to college I went to a, a junior college and then I went to University of California Santa Barbara I mean uh, UCSB and um you know it was expensive by those standards but not like it is today um but anyway so it is uh, so uh tell me I mean you had to f- kind of diving into this issue of uh of cost of college uh what was your where did you start to go to sort of pull in all these different kind of elements into it? Where was where where did you pull first to 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 try and figure out how to how to go after this uh, issue? It's so complex. So we started filming at Harvard, okay. um, which is the first university um, in America, uh, founded in 1636, and one of the key voices we hear in the film is that of Andy Del Banco, mm-hmm. who is. A professor of humanities, and he wrote the book *College: What It Was, Is, and Should Be*. And he has a really interesting um, analysis of how the original classes that were taught uh, by the sort of um, the, the 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 people following the Puritans right. in that 1636 era, that for them the classroom was almost like a sermon. It was a vehicle to sort of fill the student with a sense of purpose to pursue a life of, of meaning. And, and so we see that level of, um, in, you know, kind of intimate, um, high-touch uh, experience between peers and between professors and students still taking place at Harvard, and uh, particularly in a class called CS50, which is a computer science class. Right. Um, and that sort of forms uh, the, the ideal um, for our pursuit of of what's happening on campus, because we have Clayton Christensen then, who's um, the father of disruption theory. He mm-hmm. wrote the book The Innovator's Dilemma. Mm-hmm. Um, explain how Harvard benefits from a massive endowment. They have thirty two billion dollars um, on reserve to run their institution, and so they're able to provide this this education um, where we see the students again interacting with professors and each other. Um, in a very productive way yeah. um, that is is sustained with with a great um, physical plant and with a lot of facilities and 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 well compensated professors um, but is a model that is very expensive for others around the country to also provide and unfortunately, we see a lot of other institutions competing to uh, have the same prestige that that Harvard has. Or, or that their competitors in their region may have, um, and in many cases, um, pursuing a, a building frenzy to yeah. to create perks and and to provide amenities that are not essential to the academic mission of preparing our students, young students, for 
um, a role in a democracy or even getting a job. And so that's where the, the sort of cost disease has, has spiraled. Yeah. Yes, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Andrew Rossi. He's the director of the documentary Ivory Tower, uh, and it is about all of these very, very different and compelling kind of uh, issues surrounding the best way to go about educating um, young people. Uh, I mean, there again, you're talking about Harvard, what, what a fantastic institution, and you're right, the benefit of having a $32 billion endowment. I mean, you are able to uh, to be innovative and not worry about the financial consequences if it doesn't always work out the way you hoped. Uh, that is a huge benefit. And, and when I'm watching Ivory Tower, I'm thinking of these other universities, I, and I won't name them, but they, they're becoming kind of a fast food version of college, where a lot of sort of empty calories and that they're offering a lot of amenities, which is to some extent understandable, but it, it, takes, it, it, it seems to be getting further and further away from the primary directive here, which is educating these kids in, a, in an effective way. That's absolutely right. Yes, and and you know we see that there's been this this move toward a corporatization of of the university, <clears throat> and that is not just um, uh, a development that impacts tuition. It also has an impact on the classroom, where we see um, Richard Aram, who wrote the study uh, Academically Adrift, mm-hmm. explaining that a perverse set of incentives are are taking place. Um, leading to grade inflation in some cases, and and students who feel entitled as customers to get um, um, a course of study that's that's easy, yeah. um, and that doesn't challenge them too much, um, and then professors who are um, getting pressure to um, publish and to to do research that will accrue to the prestige of the university, um, and not wanting to um, be too harsh. In, in their instruction, lest they get a rating on on some you know online surveys that that basically trash them right. as as teachers. Um, and so there are these, as, as Richard Aram describes it, the the classroom has become a sort of theater in which favors keep on being exchanged um, between the different players, each with their own sort of agenda of what they want to accomplish in the classroom. Yeah, and this and this idea of sort of uh, schools as has happened across our society, that things that used not to that didn't used to be profit centers are increasingly under more and more pressure to become profit centers in our society and the, the mm-hmm. sort of the commons are being privatized and I think of university life as as our uh, the the greatest of the commons in the sense that you're training these people to become the leaders of of the of your society. And you're teaching them, at this point, you're teaching them that you can basically buy yourself into a good education or, or uh, you know, or some trade-off in that regard. Um, but there are some great examples here of things that are working or, or alternative ways to, to look at education. Um, and I, I, I love this, uh, this Deep Springs College, uh, obviously Spelman College or Cooper Union there are there are certainly difficult to emulate, but at the same time seem to be in the spirit of what higher education is about. Thank you for bringing that up too, because it, it's true that sometimes the message of the film is some of the negatives in it can can sort of predominate the conversation, and, and on, in a certain level, that's that's valid because we really need to address those. But on the other hand, there are many institutions where the promise of studying, sort of contributing to one's personal development and, and character formation 
that where that promise endures, as as Andrew Del Banco sort of said, it should in, in the in the original sermon in the classroom model, mm-hmm. and we see that on a spiritual level at the historically black college Spelman, um, where um, a, a female student body um, is 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 studying in a liberal arts course of study um, in a school that was formed just a few years after slavery. Yeah, um, and we have students there. Who 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 explained to us that being in an environment where they can see other black women um, successfully pursuing um, higher education and 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 careers is incredibly uh, powerful to yeah. them. Yeah. Not just um, in order to then have a, a network that can help them to get a job, but also on a on a fundamental moral level. Um, yeah. And we see something um, also very powerful at Deep Springs, which, as you mentioned, is a small school. Um, it's in Death Valley in California. Um, and and it's, it's the total antithesis of this university as, as corporation um, because the students actually, or, or an antithesis of student as customer, because the students are governing the school themselves. It's on a ranch, and they... Um, uh, you know, take care of the cows, they milk the cows, they butcher the meat, they, they clean the toilets, they do all the sort of work on the ranch, and then they also choose their professors and their curriculum. Um, and we see uh, teachers there who are invested not only in going through a class on Hegel, on political philosophy, yeah. but also on um, the, the, the individual student's um, family life yeah. and 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 sense of mission. So yeah. it's a it's a great reinforcement of, of what we hope college can be. Do you have a, a optimistic uh, view of where we're headed? Is is it possible to turn this ship around in any time soon, or is this a long-term endeavor? I, I would say it's, it's a long-term endeavor. I, 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 you know, I do have optimism, I think, as Andy Del Banco yeah. shares in, in the film, that <laughs> the very critical thinking skills that we hope students are getting in school and, and which are still being transferred to, to lots of students are going to be the, um, the foundation for what helps our society as a whole, about how we can sort of walk the cat back off yeah. the ledge, if, that's, if that analogy applies here. I mean, in, in, yeah. in many ways it doesn't because you don't really see a future where schools are reducing tuition. But if we can pursue some student debt relief. Uh, Elizabeth Warren has some legislation that I think is really important to allow students to refinance their debt. And if we can maybe put a cap on tuitions or peg them to inflation yeah. um, and increase state funding, we, you know, maybe in a, in, in a certain time horizon, things will get better. Very good. And I would just add one quick thing, and that is I think that students get it, that they're not getting the education that they were hoping for. And I think that they're going to be part of this equation to drive the the change that's needed as well. Exactly. Andrew right, Rossi. the Cooper student show. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Ab- Andrew Rossi, uh, director of the film Ivory Tower, thank you so much for being here on Film School. Thank you, Mike. Take care. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.